<laughs> good morning. Happy Tuesday. Oh, it is good to be back. I had an amazing weekend. I was in Wilmington, uh, North Carolina, which is very beautiful, very white, but very beautiful. <laughs> Sits right there on the ocean, which is what I like. I like a coastal town. You know, I love a coastal town. So Ife and I went to go see our good friend, Anne Mazzaro, and she has a beautiful home. It's like It's like being on a resort. It really has that resort vibe. It's spacious, it's big, it's in a beautiful gated community. <laughs> we had a good time. We had a really good time. We ate, we drank, and we were merry, 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 merry. So, and you know, we flew a velo, which was nice. You know, it was an hour and hour and 20 minutes there. I mean, just enough to read a, a chapter or so of a book, really. Uh, it was packed though. Oh, those flights were packed. Lots of people, lots and lots of people. So Avello is on to something. And they have a charming little um, airport that looks like a mall. You know, it's just, it's very new, like new, new. So it was nice. It was really, really nice. Really nice. You know, got there in the middle of the day. We left in the middle of the day. It was great. Got down there, got picked up. Um, It rained. Saturday, so we didn't do too much walking around because you know it was wet, wet. Uh, but they're doing a lot of development, like like here, you know, lots and lots of apartments that are not affordable for anybody except people of means. Um, but for the most part, I mean, it was you know we store we we went uh, through the black historic black neighborhoods because there was a massacre in eighteen ninety five because. Uh, Wilmington used to be 80% black. Now it's like 15% black. So, you know, they did like a Tulsa thing. You know, they ran through that city and killed black folks and displaced black folks uh, to the point of black folks just leaving Wilmington. I mean, it was a thriving community, uh, 80% black. Now it's 15% black. Uh, and they got markers of the history up around town. So you could read about the massacre. Um, the Congregational Church. I mean, you can read about all the things. You can read about the Wilmington 10, uh, who they were, you know, wrongly convicted of a crime. I mean, it's just, you know, story after story after story of this kind of thing. Uh, but uh, we had a good time. We ate at uh, the Greenhouse, which is a, a vegan, a sustainable vegan restaurant. Um, and it was wonderful. The food was amazing. I mean, it really was good. The cocktails were good. Uh, we stopped by the distillery lounge, which is awful. Them, them boys in there making bourbon. <sighs> More like moonshine. So we stopped there first, the lounge, the distillery. Yeesh! I didn't like that bourbon. I was like, baby, you got to put bourbon in barrels and age it for a few years. You just can't have it come off the pump. <laughs> like It's like drinking gasoline. Woo! But it had a nice vibe in there. You know, it was a garage space turned into a distillery bar situation. Um, but that was, you know, it was fine. We didn't do any shopping. As I said, it was raining. We we dropped by a couple of, we drove by a couple of outside market kind of things. Uh, I didn't see any black people. You know, I like to support black stuff. So didn't see any of that. 
but they got a pretty built up downtown. It sits right on the water, sits right on the water. There's an outdoor concert space on the water. So, uh, so it was really nice. I enjoyed myself immensely, rested, ate well, drank well, watched holiday movies, laughed, talked, all the things that girls do. <laughs> Have the best friends, absolutely the best friends. Uh, then we got on a, a flight and came on home yesterday. So I'm thinking today is Monday, right? It's not, it's Tuesday. Today is Tuesday. <clears throat> it feels like Monday, but it's Tuesday. So I know, that's what I said, Paul. I was like, this little, this little white boy is making moonshine. <laughs> I don't know, I, it might've been age. But it was awful. I know that. The bottle was nice. They make um, bourbon. And and when I ordered it, he said, listen, we are new. <laughs> and I knew right then and there. I was like, oh, Lucy. <laughs> Don't do it, Lucy. Um, but they had some janky cocktails. I was like, oh, I don't, I don't want to mix anything. I should have. So they they distill, I think they distill bourbon gin. Bourbon and gin and something else. And uh, gin is not my thing on a good day by reputable people. I'm not going to drink gin like a, it's like the 1920s, you know, out the bathtub. Mm -mm. No, sir. So anyway, it was awful. <laughs> we Listen, there's never been a time where I've not finished a drink and left it on the table. I left, we left our drinks on the table. They were awful. And they weren't cheap. You know what I mean? Like they weren't cheap drinks. So I was like, yeah, but the vegan restaurant. Now that place was pretty. And, uh, and the woman, Anastasia, I think her name is Anastasia. Um, I think she's Eastern European. Uh, so she opened this restaurant. It's amazing. It was nice. And they had a whole hydroponic garden. Um, whole hydroponic garden uh, that was growing there, you know, lettuces and herbs. And she pulled some down, let us eat them. That was an Epicurean experience. Food and flavor. Let me tell you something. I had creamed collard greens. And, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm just going to say this. I just, I, I'm nervous when white folks mess with traditionally African-American dishes. I'm I'm always nervous because I know this is going to be some mess. It's going to be like raisins in the potato salad. Well, the cream collard greens were to die for, to die for. I had a celery, celery root thing on top of underneath creamed collard greens. What? I could have taken cream collard greens in a big pan to go. It was amazing. Just the right balance of flavors. And oh, it was just, and, and the collard greens came through. Like they wasn't trying to hide the collard greens or, or deaden the flavor. The flavor was much more enhanced by the creaminess of it. Oh, it was wonderful. The appetizers were great. Oh my God. I have focaccia and some kind of sweet balsamic oil 
dipping thing. It was amazing. Um, Ife had radishes with, uh, with salt and, and some kind of um, puree. It was great. It was just, the taste on your tongue was just more exciting than, uh, it, it, with each meal it got more exciting. And we were so full from vegetables. We didn't even eat dessert. They didn't have banana pudding on the menu. They had banana pudding on the menu, but it had got changed. Because that's what I was going for, because I hadn't had banana pudding in 40 years. So I'm just telling you, it was amazing. So that was good. And then we, you know, got home and drank copious amounts of wine all weekend. It was great. Oh, and good, you know, Sam has a great bar. So it, she doesn't have crap. She drinks good stuff. So when you drink good stuff, you know what you don't have? A hangover. Honest to God. When you drink good stuff, you're not going to have a hangover. You drink that crappy, syrupy mess, mixed drinks. Oh, I'm going to have this. I'm going to have sex on the beach, a fuzzy knit. You drink all that crap, you're going to have a hangover. That's why you see old dogs like me, OGs, like my crowd. We stick to one thing. You get you a good drink. And you know what I like? I like a good bourbon ice on the side. Or good tequila ice on the side. I don't like nobody to water that. I want to water that my own drinks if I want to. And uh, and I just drink that all night. I don't mess around. I'm not drinking mixed drinks and potions. I don't do any of that. I drink one thing. If I start with champagne, I finish with champagne. If I start with bourbon, I end with bourbon. If I start with wine, I end with wine. You know. I tend to not drink too much. I only like to drink wine when I'm out, if I'm having dinner. Do you know what I mean? Because it just feels nice. But when I'm out just carousing at a bar, oh, then I drink something straight up. Tequila, bourbon. Depends on the tequila. It has to be a good, clean tequila. Can't be Casamigos. Can't be Patron. Can't be any of that, that you know, celebrity crap. It has to be really good tequila. Made by Mexicans in Mexico. That's my criteria. No additives, no nothing. Clean. Clean, clean, clean. Clean in its execution, clean in its delivery, clean in its making. All that celebrity crap. No, 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 Lucy. No, no, no. I don't want it. I like clean tequila. So if I start with that, I end with that. You know. And the only thing that'll change up is sometimes at the end of the evening, I like a cold beer. Do you know what I mean? Like a cold, refreshing beer. I like that. So if I've had bourbon or scotch or whiskey, whatever it is I'm drinking all night, but when I'm ready to go, I like a nice cold beer, you know, and then that sets it off and then I'm done. That's it. I don't, I don't, I don't double dutch with a whole bunch of drinks. I'm not 12. <laughs> I know what works. I know I know how to ease into the night. You know, just drink a little bit of this, a little bit of this, a little bit, keep it going all night. Then I end with a little beer. And then if I call for a beer, I'm done. So, but anyway, so we had a good time. Avila was nice, although them seats are tight. You know what I need? This is what I need. I need an airline that is about comfort, still economical but about comfort. I need an airline that says, we want to get you there as comfortably as possible. Not 
an airline that says, I want to get you there as cheaply as possible. Because when you go for cheap, you sacrifice, you sacrifice comfort. That's all I'm going to say, Avilo. I mean, it was a good airline. I mean, they, you know, they, it does what it says it's going to do. You know, it's one better than Greyhound. It's tight, though. They pack you in there. I was like, this cannot be good. But, you know, they got us in an hour and 20 minutes. I'm telling you. Even when we left, we left a little bit late. And we still got there. We still got there maybe 10, 15 minutes later. But it was still a good, a st- st- still good time. I just need an airline to say, you know what? We're going we gotta to cater to your comfort and not your economic leaning. We're still going to give you a good seat for a good price, but we're going to give you more of a seat for a good price. Do you know what I mean? I think that would cut down on all the anxiety of people. I think it would. Because they pack you in there so tight. And I'm, you know, I am 5'8", and I'm about 300 pounds. And that's a lot of sister. And to be fitted into these little seats and long legs to boot, ah, it's a pain. It is a real pain. And I had, you know, on the way back, I had somebody in front of me who was squirmy, squirmy. So I kept like just rocking this. I was like, I just wanted to say, you don't sit your ass still. I didn't say it though, because more stuff happens on planes. <laughs> more stuff happens on planes. So um, um, I'm thinking we gotta have word on the street this morning. Although the word on the street is cold. That's what I know. Now, I don't know if anybody else knows that. It's 29 degrees outside. So I don't know if anybody, I, who is standing outside for crossing guards? <laughs> crossing guards are outside. It's cold out there. Mm-mm-mm-mm. I tell you, it's official. I have to get up and stretch in the morning before I get out of bed. That's my new thing. Started it the other day, but now I have to do it every day. I have to, I have to stretch before I get out of bed. You know, dangle my feet on the side of the bed to loosen the knees. You know, I got to reach up to the ceiling, lean over. I have to stretch because I'm at that age. (laughs) My body's at the age. My mind isn't, but my body is. So I have to do all the things. I'm just letting you know, I did it this morning. I did a whole full on thing. And I was like, and I, when I got, when I finally stepped out of that bed, got up, out, climbed out of the bed, I was like, oh, this is how I should feel. <laughs> this is how, this is how, this is how I should feel. And uh, when I got home yesterday, I, I immediately went to bed. I was so tired. I didn't realize how tired I was. I laid down. I slept for hours, you know, and then I went to see Ife last night. Cause I was so, I was so annoyed by something that was going on, uh, going on in my house that I, I just needed to get out. So I went over my friend Ife's, you know, cause my girlfriends are my girlfriends and I just could take whatever I want to them and, and they'll listen and whatever. So I went over there last night, you know, t- two glasses of tequila and, and then I came on home and went on to bed. Uh, before I went over there, my attention was to, you know, to read a little bit more to read a little bit more. Um, so, but anyway, so this week is going to be uh, one of these weeks 
where I really have to buckle down on the LSAT because we take it, we take the practice LSAT on Saturday and I need to be prepared. Uh, I think I'm prepared, but I'm not prepared. Do you know what I mean? Like it's one of those things. You are prepared, but you're not prepared. You know, so everything that I learn, I'm going to try to apply and it's going to take forever. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and they know this. They know, no, 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 this. So, but anyway, <laughs> uh, when I was in North Carolina, I got inspired by a couple of things. And this is how I know when God is still speaking to me. And God is always speaking to every last one of us. But you just have to be in tune with it. So I am spiritually mature enough to notice when God is speaking to me. And so I, I um, he was speaking very clearly about a particular thing that I was thinking about. And I'm so, I just, I'm still buoyed by it. I'm having a meeting with uh, the Institute of Sacred Music on Thursday um, because I think I'm going to apply to the Institute of Sacred Music at the Divinity School because it's art and religion. And I'm telling you, that just speaks to my heart and mind so deliberately and closely. And I know I have a sense of what I want to do. I have a sense. Now, I'm still going to apply to law school because I love that big thinking. I love it. I love it. So I'm going to do both. Try. Nothing beats a do, nothing beats a loss, but a try. So, right? Or something like that. I don't care. I'm going to do all the things. I like that big thinking stuff. So anyway, um, and then I've got two projects I'm going to work on with possible futures in the new year, which I'm very excited about. Two, 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 two. And they both, they both have something to do with black people. So I'm excited. So we'll see how that goes. And then, um, uh, this week, uh, there's a bunch of parties. I think the Deltas are having a party at the end of the week. I think, uh, well, that's I think that's a chapter party. Um, I think, uh, oh, there's a bunch of parties, which I'm not going to make. Don't be looking for me to be at no daggone parties. Although tonight, Paul, this young brother at, uh, at um, Cafe Nine might be worth. Oh, not might be. He'll be worth seeing. So I don't know. If you if you can hang out, Paul, I'll get you home. It's uh, you know, it's Tuesday night jazz at uh Cafe Nine from seven to ten. I know that might be like late for you. Not late for me. Ten ten is a nice cutoff. Ten is a nice cutoff. But um they got uh uh Zweleke Duma Bell LaPierre. And I've seen him. I love him. So I might check him out tonight. I think that's what I'm going to gonna try to run over to, to Cafe Nine. And uh, I won't be drinking hard. Just maybe a beer or something. Uh, and just go check him out. I, I, I want to see him tonight. Plus, you know, like how much does it cost to get in Cafe Nine? Like $10? Like I could panhandle $10 if I had to. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know if my panhandling skills are that good where I could get $10. But shoot, <laughs> no shade to the panhandlers. I, that's a real art. I don't know if I could, I don't know if I've got what it takes to panhandle. I think I have to have a real emergency situation. You know, I don't know. But yeah, so tonight is uh, Cafe Nine night and the World Cup is in the semifinals. So there's stuff going on. I think Cannon is opening today, <clears throat> one o'clock. And, you know, um, Morocco has made it to the semifinals. So I've been watching, because, you know, I'm going to Morocco next for my birthday. 
And so this, the country is all, Lord, let these people win so, so they don't have an attitude when I get there. If they win, everybody's going to be joyous. <laughs> if we lose, I don't know what the mood will be. I just don't know. But anyway, um, the canon uh, is doing, uh, 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 they've been opening according to the World Cup schedule. So they create a whole breakfast menu for the days when it's start, games are it's like 7.30, 8 o'clock in the morning because their fans show up. You know, I mean, who doesn't want to, you know, cheer their team on in company with people over eggs? Who doesn't want to do that? So, <laughs> so, um, uh, so the World Cup is not a semifinals. Um, and I know that they are, uh, they got a whole calendar. Um, like they got a DJ, I think at one o'clock today. I think there's a game at one o'clock and a game at four or whatever. So I was thinking about, I have to study, so I figure, no, I'm not going to go to Canada to study. That That's a bad idea. But I thought if I run over to Possible Futures at the end of my day at the inner city, get a couple of hours of studying in, then run over to um, run over to the Canon, get a little something to eat, and then make my way downtown to um, uh, to Cafe Nine. See, see that? <laughs> See what I did there? I like that. So possible futures, canon, and then in the night at uh, uh, a cafe nine. I'm saying we could do it. We could. It's not hard. It's not even hard. Yeah. So um, we could do that. Uh, yeah. I love it. So, uh, oh, Fox New York is doing some bloom. Holiday gifting gathers on Good Day New York this morning with uh, Tashana, Ta- Tashania, Tashania Whitlow, featuring um, Kate Stevens, I Am Love Necklace, Crush Your Goals, Inner Truth Deck, Let Go of That Ish. Uh, book overthinking overwhelm and scatterbrain so they're going to be live at 9 40 online or on the app fox 5 new york and then shop their featured products high five bloom Woo-hoo-hoo. that's exciting so do we got a word on the street let me check uh shout you out yay paul's coming on Okay, word on the street, word on the street. I don't know, how do you find somebody at 29 degrees? Who is out? This is what I want to see. Who is out at 29 degree weather and, and want to talk to people? I'm interested in that. So. Okay. I don't know how I don't know how to fix that for you, Paul. There's gotta be a way to fix that. It's just weird. This is weird, weird. Anyway, Paul Paul is going to chime in from the streets. I don't know who he's going to talk to at 29 degree weather, but I'm like y'all. I'm waiting with bated breath. <laughs> Good morning, Babs. How you doing? 
Good morning, Paul. Who is who are you talking to in 29 degree weather? A really interesting guy in a really interesting place. His name is Jared. And before we start talking, I want to show you where we are. The corner of George and, and Orchard is getting so interesting. This whole new Yale Neuroscience Center is growing out of the ground after years of delays. And Jared is here to make sure nobody gets clopped on the head. Is That's that right. a good way to put your job there, Jared? Perfect way to put it. Clop on the head. I didn't want to say something more serious. Oh, no, no. That's the perfect way to put it. It's like adult daycare, if you will. Adult daycare. And what that means, Babs, is Jared is the safety officer on this location. So these guys are putting up, what do they do with they putting framing? What would you call oh, that? Yeah, well, they, it was all about precast at first. And now it's going to be six tiers going up. It's supposed to be a, uh, like a car garage. So what they're doing right now is they're just putting up guardrails and I'm making sure that they're putting up guardrails so that they don't um, accidentally fall or nobody falls to their death, if you will, or get seriously hurt. So the guardrails are temporary? The guardrails are temporary. Yes, and that they build up, they're going to put a cement wall around that and then they'll move the guardrails up as it keeps going up. So every, so there's a garage. Yep. And every layer, the, so they put the basic frame of the garage already, the concrete casting, yep. right? Yep. It's not concrete? Yep. And as they go every level, first they put temporary guardrails that you're watching to make sure they don't fall. Yep. And then when they then put that level of the garage wall up, they then move the guardrails up. Yeah, so once, once they finish with this level right here and the cement is off and nobody's in danger of falling, once it gets to the next level, they'll put up the guardrails again so that it's temporary, so that nobody falls. And as they keep going up, it's the same process, just keeps going on and on until we finish. So, Jared, you're out here in the cold. What time do you start work today? About 7 o'clock. What time do you work till? 3.30. Is that how long they build all day? Um, Yeah, yeah, with a few um, coffee breaks and um, meal breaks in between. But pretty much, yeah, about like a six and a hour, six and a half hour work day to seven hours. Yeah. And Jared, you're basically, just, you walk around, you stand in one place. What do you do no, to make no, no. sure no I one gets hurt? I walk around, but I go to the most um, strenuous place first. There's like six or seven jobs ongoing right here. So this right now has to be my undivided attention because like, like a, a very full hazard over here. So I'm mostly over here for right now for today. But tomorrow could be something different. You know, I'm just worried about them putting up them guardrails. So like I said, nobody falls or whatever. Now, how so long have you been I, on this? Wait, side? can I ask a question, Paul? Now since June of this year, so about six months. Has anyone been hurt? Um, I, I mean, like little, like, lacerations with hands like you know, well, you can't watch for that right? i can't i can't watch you can't everything. stop someone from bat hammering their head no 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 but no serious <laughs> incidents no nothing like that no so now you said there are six spots do you mean six different plots of land where the building's new upside um, no there's some jobs that's going on inside the hospital and there's some jobs going on outside the hospital this is one um job that's going on inside the hospital then right on york street there's another job so there's two jobs on the outside and maybe like five jobs going on on the inside so you're not just doing the neuroscience center um, is that no, 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 services? no. I'm doing also York Street, but you have to take a shuttle to go over there, so it's ongoing. But this is where I'm mainly at right here because there's more hazards over here. And do you work for Yale New Haven Health? No. You work for Turner Construction? Yes. And so how did you get, you said for two years, you, what's your title? Safety? Yeah, safety, um, like project safety superintendent. How did you get, how do you, someone become a project safety superintendent? Well, how did you become? Well, I had previous experience because I used to work in New York and I used to work for Condé Nash and then I was doing kind of safety, like fire system work for them. And then um, Turner came in there and took over that when they was doing renovations in there. And then they liked me and they said, hey, I think you'd be good for my company. And then lucky thing, I got an interview with them guys and they hired me, Johnny on the spot. 
Uh-huh. And then I, I was working, I started my career in New York, and then I lived in New Haven. I was transferring back and forth. And then I said, hey, man, this is getting too much. So they said, hey, you want to transfer to Connecticut? You need people out there, and here I am. So you were living in New Haven, commuting to New York? Yes. So what were you originally doing at Condi Nast before they discovered you as Oh, I was, I was like a fire life safety director. I was also like fire alarm systems and making sure there was like disasters or anything. I would alert the building and make announcements and get people out or stay in So you were the guy who said before they had everything recorded, move, yeah. stay, walk. Stay safe, walk yep. calmly. Like, either stay sheltered <laughs> in the building, either evacuate, things like that. Now, how do you, but you were living in New Haven. How'd you get into that work? Oh, because, like I said, I was working in that building and then turning. No, I mean, before that, how did you get into oh, that oh, work? Oh, oh, I was started as a security guard, and then somebody was leaving the fire life safety job to go somewhere, and they asked me, hey, did I want to study? Did I want to go to school to do that? And I said, sure. The guy oh, you had to go to school for that? Yeah, it was like minor, like maybe like five or six months, and then I took the test. I passed the test. I took a, a test with the um, fire department in New York. I passed that, and then I, that's how I got into the work. Do you so like the work? Led, all of that led to get to, get to here. <laughs> you like the work, Jerry? Yeah, I love the work. Yeah. Why? Uh, I get paid very handsomely. Um, I get all the holidays off, and I work very close to my home. I live in Hamden, so I live 15 minutes away from the house. So it's wonderful. Did you grow up here? No, no, I grew up in New York. What brought you to this area? Oh, because um, it got too expensive in New York, and me and my wife wanted to buy a house, and the houses out here is much cheaper. <laughs> so you bought in Hampton? Yes. And so tell me, have you ever seen your work? It seems like a lot of the value of your work is stuff that doesn't happen. Like, Jared did a good job today because nothing happened. No no concrete fell on anyone's head. No one had their helmet off and fell off the side of the of the deck. Have you ever had a moment where something you were able to directly help someone stay safe? Well, for sure, yeah. Like a lot of we have like a lot of fall hazards, and sometimes people's not tied off where they're supposed to be tied off. They're supposed to be tied off to the steel erection, and sometimes people get up there and they forget to tie off, and they'll be on leading edges, and then they're about to fall. And I say, hey man, you got to tie off, but I've never seen somebody like directly about to fall, but they'll be on the leading. But edge. you've told them to tie off yes, before correct. they did. all the time. It's what does tying off mean? Tying off means that they have a harness on. And then they'll have a, um, a lanyard that's connected to the steel erection, and then they tie the um, they tie the, the clip on to the back of their harness. So that way, if they fall, they're retractable to catch them before they hit the ground. So 7:30 this morning, Jared Hunter, you are here at the corner of George and Orchard. Yes. And you're going to be here till 3:30. Not particularly here. I'm just making sure that they um doing what they have to do, and I walk around to the other sites and then see what's going on over there because I have other sites to look at. And too. is it all going to be neuroscience center? You think? Yeah, today? pretty much. Yeah, because your street is just small little inside jobs. That's not mm-hmm. really that much. It does have hazards, but not to the degree of this one right here. This is a big project. Yes, it is. What do you think about the neuroscience center? Oh man, this is this is like a four or five year job, so it's it's, it's going to be big. And then once the, the main hospital go up, that's when the real work starts. I mean, this is real work, but that's going up. We building on top of existing buildings, so. So it's going to be a lot of work. And what do you think about the the reason they're doing it? They're going to have the center where people have Alzheimer, other kinds of brain neuro mm-hmm. injuries. They're going to both do research where they figure out how to cure this stuff and clinical trials and treating people. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a big deal. Hundreds of people here coming to work every oh, day. Man, definitely. It's going to create jobs for people, man. It's create, I mean, it's paying my, it's my check, paying hundreds of people's <laughs> checks. So it's a good thing for the New Haven community or the what do you feel like your role is in that? Like the fact that here keeps you safe, so these buildings go up. Yeah. Have you seen other buildings go up, construction sites where you've done the safety work? Do you go back to look at it and say, 
I had a part in doing this. I feel like a part of this. Almost oh, definitely. And I just didn't do safety work. I was also doing superintendent work where I was doing items to complete punch list. But that means it's making sure it's everything right before we turn it back over to the owner. So, of course, I had a big hand in my two years of working here with being a part of like building, building. But Give me an example of a building you go by, you did the punch list. Um, White Plains Hospital. Oh, I grew up in White Plains. Yeah. Yeah. So I did White Plains Hospital. Did they expand it? Um, yes. They, no, actually, they built a brand new hospital. They built a whole new hospital, brand new hospital. And that was um, last year. I was over there last year. And like I said, I went back to New York. And, and what was your role there? Fire safety? Um, I, was, uh, I was a superintendent there doing punch lists and um, items. To and that's not just safety? but That's like... not just safety. No, I didn't go there to do safety. I came particularly here to do safety right here. What was your title at White Plains Hospital? Um, um, uh, I would find, uh, like items to complete, superintendent. Like everything is like superintendent. <laughs> that's the end so of Jared's the kind of a make sure guy yeah pretty much like you make sure everything was done right i mean yeah yeah but in that particular role in that particular place here yeah, i'm making sure that safety's done right so everybody goes home at the end of the day you want everybody to go home to their family that's turner's number one policy and what are you gonna do when you go home at the end of the day oh man kick back and relax and you know go to the gym where um in hamburg it's fine yeah yeah oh, planet the, fitness planet fitness yeah. is that before you go home um no i just go home first check on the kids make sure everybody's good and then i go to the gym how many kids well, how, what ages? Yeah, yeah, I got twins. That's twelve, and then I got an eighteen-year-old son and a sixteen-year-old daughter. Whoa! So how do you keep them safe? Um, you know, making sure they're in the house, making sure once they're coming from school, they're not hanging out on the street and stuff like that. It's nothing good out here, man. Anything you do on the weekends to make sure they're safe? Are you the safety compliance officer of the Hunter household? All day long, all day long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man. How, how do they compare to the workers here when you tell them to keep safe? Oh, um, I they listen. Sure, yeah, I mean, for the most part, I hope they're listening to me because, like I said, I can't be everywhere every day. You know, just don't talk to strangers. Don't get in no strange cars. You know, if somebody bothers you, make sure you tell me about it. Make sure everything is good in school. Let me know what's going on in school and things like that. Babs, do you have any questions for Jared Hunter? No. Do you do you ever have to sort of um, exercise your ability to tell people uh, you need to do this? You need to go safety first. Like, do you have to remind people safety first? In case they want to cut corners? Do you have to remind people of safety first in case they want to cut corners? Oh, every day. We always have, like, a, a, before a trade comes on the job, we, all, we have a, um, I forgot, I'm sorry, I forgot what the word is called, but we always go over, we have to hand in safety documents, make sure every step of the way we know what they're doing, how they're going to do it, and how they're going to eliminate those hazards. Is that before, every day? Every single day. So at so 7.30, it's, it's called, they hand you something? Yeah, it's called the PTP board. And, and what they do is they let us know what activities they're going to do, then they let us know what hazards is involved with that activity, and then they let us know what they're going to do to prevent anything from happening to them so if it's for example so if it's something like let's say doing elevator work hey how are you going to eliminate that hazard we're going to tie up to the steel erection and we're going to make sure we're always clipped off when we're doing elevated work six feet or above do they kind of see you as parade jared's here or here's nah, the teacher that's the most difficult job because they know that you know we're baby pretty much like babysitting them i don't know if you want to you know and they don't nice appreciate work. you for that no, no, they, they, they do appreciate it but sometimes oh i've been doing this for 30 years i know what i'm doing and you know all it takes is that one minute for something to happen you know what i mean so nobody likes the safety guy that, that's the way i look at it nobody likes you seem like a nice guy you know i mean hey i could be until i'm not you know when somebody <laughs> how they like you today um so far so good i haven't really seen any safety issues to that degree but no no let's see what happens during the rest of the day babs anything else for jared hunter no, I'm, I'm, thank you for your safety. Thank you for your service. Yes, thank you for thank your you. service. No Babs, this is Paul Bass, Jared Hunter, signing off for Love Babs, Love Talk, Word on the Street at the construction site at George Street on Orchard Street in New Haven. Thank you. Man, I didn't even know that. I didn't even know that job existed.
Who knew? High five, Jared. Jared out there making sure people do what do the right thing. <laughs> Jared out here being Spike Lee, do the right thing. <laughs> wow. Who knew that all of that had to happen? You know, that uh that uh buildings had to have safety folks, safety officers to sort of ensure that nobody gets hurt. I guess it makes sense when you think about it, right? There's a lot of there's a lot of going on. There's a lot of moving parts, a lot of moving parts um, that that create for dangerous situations. So somebody has to sort of say, hey, no, no, no. <laughs> I know you think you could just hop over there without a harness. No, no, no. Put your harness on. <laughs> I was just thinking safety officer, like just keeping the general public from like being nosy and curious and getting you know, jacked up, falling over, tripping on stuff. No, this is for the construction workers for their own benefit to have somebody look out and say, hey, this is the regulations. Hey, this is what you have to do. Hey, take these precautions. Hey, remind them to like, you know what? Put your harness on. You know, I know it might look simple. High five. I was wondering who would be out working in 29 degree weather. He sounds like he is a well-rounded guy. That's why I like word on the street. A little slice of what is happening in this city. And nobody would have known this if we didn't bring it to you. I and and not to toot our own horn, but toot toot. I'm tooting our own horn. Because that's a big deal. So I rest assured feeling like I know Jared is out there making sure that folks are being safe on these uh on that work site. Uh they're being safe. And uh and honestly, I didn't realize that was where the neuroscience center thing was going. I knew of it. I just didn't know where geographically in the city it was. So there you go. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Wow. I can't wait. I can't wait to see the pictures and read up on this and 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 more. Even though I I get to I get to listen and talk to them, uh, I can't wait to read more of the backstory and, and and all of that so high five paul bass 29 degrees he out there and he's been out there since seven? Oh my god we really need to get gift cards paul like five dollar gift cards or six dollar or some six dollar gift cards or something to give to people when we run into them on the streets <laughs> courtesy of love babs love talk and 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 wnhh radio i'm just saying I'm just saying, because, you know, cold and a cup of coffee would do them some good. You know, I don't know how many coffee shops we have in New Haven, but uh, we can get a gift certificate to a couple. Or maybe somebody would like to sponsor um, coffee cards for word on the street to ask that so that when we run up on people, we can give them, oh, by the way, we'd like to give you a cup of coffee on us. (laughs) Can we do that, Paul? Can we ask somebody to give us some, it's the holidays too, you know, even though I think we shut down um, Christmas through New Year's for, uh, I guess, that that week, which would be really nice. Um, I think that's what we do. Um, You know, Harry is in uh, uh, Florida uh, handling family business and I have not heard from him. I did send a little emoji of prayers. Uh, just just so he knows I'm thinking about him. 
not to have a conversation. Because, you know, when you when you try to deal with family stuff, you just need to know somebody else is thinking about you, too. So so, Harry, if you're listening and I don't think you are, uh, we're, we are still holding you and your family in our prayers and uh, and whatever difficulties that you all are facing. Um, just know that your WNHH and Love Baths Love Talk family has your back. So um, handle what you need to handle and uh, we'll see you soon. We'll see you soon. So I just wanted to get that in there because handling family business is not always the easiest thing. You know, it's that's not easy. And uh, I'm thinking about them. So anyway, so yeah. There are people out working in this 29 degree weather. There are people out here working. So, hello. Nice to know. Nice to know. Nice to know. Um, uh, By the way, if you haven't had a chance to see um, a soldier's play at Schubert, don't see it. It, it It is a play for these times. Even though it is set in 1944, Louisiana, it is for these times. Um, And everyone that I talked to, everyone that has posted that they saw it, um, found the conversations around the thought-provoking. I think you will, too. So get yourself your tickets. It's here until the 11th. Oh, maybe it's gone. Is it gone? Ooh, I don't even know. It might be gone already. Yikes. I thought it was a little bit longer. Let me see. It might be gone already. And they're on to the next thing. <laughs> Ooh, they're on to the next thing. Oh, the Million Dollar Quartet is coming up. So if you like good music, you know, all the music of your idols, Elvis, Jerry Lee Lewis, um, that's December 22nd. So if you like good music, um, catch that. Catch that, catch that. Um, and uh, Brian Slater wrote a wonderful piece up on, on the New Haven Independent about uh, a soldier's play. So um, if you missed it, I'm sorry for you. It was good. Yeah, it ran through December 11th, so it's already gone. But it was really good while I was here. Let me tell you, it's really, really good. Um, so uh, Long Wharf Theater. We've announced our partnership with Southern Connecticut State University. We're going to use their stage uh, and do some programming with them around because they have a whole theatrical department, which is lovely. So I am excited, excited. So read all about it. It's up. It's out there. You can read it in the current. You can read it all over the place. It's floating around social media. You could go to the website and read all about uh, how we are moving forward in spaces that make sense and uh, and are better for us. So I'm delighted by this and you should be too. So yay, high five, Long Wharf Theater. <laughs> high five, high five, high five. So yeah, so all this good news, all this good news, which is, um, which is uh, in these times we need. So, yeah. In these times, it is good to have some good news in these times. Um, So, 
No, girl. No, not yet. Nope. Not yet. So Kindred, I guess, Octavia Butler's um, book has been turned into a, uh, a little mini-series. And, uh, and it's Kindred. And it is a harrowing story. I read it this summer. And um, let me tell you, this book is so harrowing that I had to go directly to the end to see how this plays out before I could go through the book because I had so much, I, I don't want to say anxiety, but it just wore me out. <laughs> I was like, oh no, I have to go read the end. I'm going to go read the end <laughs> before, before I finish this book because I'm not going to survive this book. If I don't, um, if I don't get to the end and see what happens, and that's what I did, and so it was quite, it was quite, and that, and that allowed for me to continue. <laughs> so anyway, Kindred is on Hulu, and uh, you might want to, uh, uh, you might want to uh, just catch it. And uh, and then let it, you know, rip you apart and then get in a discussion group and have a conversation about it. You know, I, I would suggest you read the book first, but I, I, don't, I don't know. You know, some people I, sometimes I like to read a book before a thing and I'm glad I did. And sometimes you just don't have time. You know, sometimes you just don't have time. Sometimes and, I, and I've not seen Black Panther yet, so I have to figure that part out, too. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, I Can I just tell you? Um, so, you know, I, this is, I'm going to spend like one second on this. So, Good Morning America 3, which had TJ Holmes and Amy Robach. And I guess they had an affair or having an affair. They're both married but they're having an affair. But they come to find out they've been having affairs with other people in that office for a minute. <laughs> I guess they've been using their workspace as their own dating app. <laughs> so Good Morning America then brought DeMarco Morgan to fill in for TJ Holmes. Yikes. They're not, they're not, they're not saying that um, they're getting rid of T.J. Holmes. They just sat them out for a minute, you know. So I was like, okay. Uh, but now I guess Amy Robach is coming back on. And uh, and T.J. has got to sit out a little bit longer. <laughs> oh, God. I was like, okay. Hmm. Uh, so that's that. So anyway, he is as cute as he could be. And uh, he's 44 and he's good looking. You know, they, I tell you, there's, there's not a lack of good looking brothers who can talk and chew gum. I'll tell you that. Uh, so so he's going to sit in for a bit. Um, and he's good looking. I mean, I mean, TJ Holmes is good looking, too, but this brother is good looking, too. So. Uh, and uh, 
So Robach and Holmes are sitting out for a minute, but I think they're going to bring her back for a little bit. And uh, and then we'll see. <laughs> so, you know, listen, it's a job for him. Let him have a job. And uh, he'll be fine. And people like him. He's good looking. He's cute. He's he's uh he's into fitness. Um, he's got a great personality. And uh, yeah, <laughs> that's all I'm gonna say. I don't got none. I don't got no other words for that. I I just my only thing about them is that I just don't like people to cheat on people, and it makes it a very public, humiliating thing for their spouses. That's all. I, that's all I got. It just, it just, it just to to do somebody that you love. You say you love them, and then you do this to them. I think that's, I think that's quite painful, you know. I, and I don't stand in the way of true love for anybody. I'm not suggesting that, but I'm just saying, you know, that's a lot of harm. That's a lot of harm to bring to somebody. So, and uh, that's it. <laughs> that's my only. That's my only. My only fire for that. That uh, it's a lot of harm to bring to somebody, and the fact that you bring it is just a lot. So anyway, I'm gonna sit here and drink my tea. I've been drinking tea every morning, except while I was away, I didn't drink any tea. I drink a lot of coffee, but. No tea, but I'm a little ginger, a little spicy ginger, a little uh, Zen green tea mixed together, two bags. I love it. It's a nice, uh, it's a nice compliment. A nice compliment. So as I, as I get back into the habit of drinking tea, and uh, and working out a little bit and. Oh, I didn't even know that was on the back of that. So, uh, yeah. So before I before I leave for the office, um, I do a little workout, and then that'll be what I do for the day. Um, get to the office, handle some stuff. I got some bills I got to take care of. Um, I need to do that. Oh, adulting, adulting, adulting. <laughs> it ain't for the faded heart. Got to make decisions every day about. How you gonna move in the world? But that's what adulting is. It is making the hard choices in spite of the fact, you know, that they're hard choices. So they're they're easy choices, they're hard choices. And when you're an adult, you you get to you gotta make some hard choices sometimes, you gotta make easy choices. So that's just what it is. And uh and those of us successful adulting, uh we we take on the hard choices and don't have a problem. <laughs> That's it. Just do the hard things. Do the hard things. You know, make sure you have a support system in place, put your support system in place, and uh, and keep it moving. That's all I can say. So, um, um, Nora, I hope there's some Christmas music. I know Harry has a whole file on Christmas music. So let's play some Christmas music if you if you if you have if you can find it. (laughs) And thank you, thank you for riding shotgun. Um, this week or for however long you ride shotgun so ah, anyway I don't know I'm in the holiday mood 
So I, I put a shout out to my friends while I was on my traveling on my way back from um, Wilmington. I like to do some Christmas caroling in the neighborhood. So I'm going to look at the calendar and figure out a date where we could do it. It probably has to be uh, that week of Christmas. Maybe we could get one in, you know, maybe one evening of Christmas songs. Just walking through the neighborhood singing some Christmas carols. Uh, maybe we could do that. Uh, that's what I'm hoping. And uh, and we'll see. So I'm going to go take my break. Maybe heat up some more tea. Um, Nora's going to play some music or hopefully some Christmas music. If not, uh, I'll be back at 10.15. And uh, she's going to do the call letters and all of that. And uh, y'all behave yourselves and come on back. Love Babs, Love Talk on Babs Rolls Ivy. Harry Jose is uh, out attending some family stuff. And Nora is riding shotgun for the show today and maybe tomorrow or till whenever. So thank you, Nora. Uh, I hope all is well. Uh, let's see. What can I get into on the second hour? You know, I'm looking at all, you know, we're, we're squarely in the holiday season and I'm starting to see uh, all the holiday parties pop up and happy birthdays and all the all the things that uh uh, uh that this season brings uh and it's a delight to see it's a departure from the the usual foolishness of <laughs> so i don't know if y'all are uh okay no problems tomorrow we'll get festive thank you Dora. <laughs> I, I don't know what Harry called the file. I don't know. Maybe Harry didn't want you to find the file. I don't know. We'll 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 get some some festive music. No, don't you worry. I just got so used to listening to uh, Christmas music that when I hear the other music, I'm like, wait, it's Christmas time. <laughs> anyway. Uh, uh, let me see what, what, oh, I'm sorry. I got, I got off track. So all these, uh, these, uh, holiday things, uh, I mean, yes, the tragedy things are mixed in. Uh, we are very delighted to know that, um, um, Ms. Griner is home with her family, with her wife and children. I'm so delighted by that. Um, she landed in, I guess, San Diego. And then, you know, she had to do jump through the medical, all the medical things. And then, um, and then she's home. So I know her family is happy. And just before Christmas, and for all the people who, uh, 
you know, all the right wing racist white supremacists out there who are like, why didn't they get Paul Whalen out? And why, why? I was like, you know, all you armchair hostage negotiators and um, diplomatic wannabes <laughs> who can't negotiate negotiate your way out of Walmart, for God's sake. Um, you know, these matters are delicate at best, complicated, mostly. Uh, and, and who doesn't want to see an American... Um, reconnected to their family what's the problem oh i'm sorry she's a black queer woman so i i don't know what bearing that has on anything other than she's an american and we got her out i mean she was a political pawn to begin with just to you know just so russia could like ha ha na 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 boo boo you know that kind of thing that's my take on it i'm no diplomat <laughs> I just play one on the radio. Um, so I'm glad she's home. That's it. I don't I don't know what to say to this white supremacist. <laughs> you're not happy, you're not happy an American is uh returned home to American soil. I what part? Uh, uh we have 60 of them around the world that we need to get out. I, I bet you couldn't name all 60 of them. You just know this one because you were told this one. You don't know. Y'all are just talking. You're just whining. You just want to find something to talk about, which, you know, fine. Keep, you know what? This is what you could do. You can use your powers for good and keep this in the forefront of the American public. But you're not going to do that because white supremacists don't do anything to help America. <laughs> That's not what they do. They're not set up like that. White supremacy is not set up to do America good. It's just not. So... That's a huge expectation on my part and your part. So what they, what they are set up to do is to destroy. <laughs> so I don't, I don't pay them no mind. They can say whatever they want to say. None of them are negotiating nothing. They can't negotiate their way out of Walmart. So whatever. I, I You know, for all this talk of American values and American this and that and the other thing, why wouldn't you be glad that American is home? I'm just saying. Right? So, such is life. Such is life. Such is life. Um, so, that's where we are. <laughs> uh, let's see what else is going on. Uh, happy belated birthday. Well, not belated to me, but belated to uh, to Karen, Karen DeBose Walton and Tanya Hughes. Happy birthday to them. Um, they have birth. They celebrate the same birthday, uh, and I was away. So happy birthday to them. Um, I hope they had a good time. I could, from what I could see on the pictures, I think they had a, an amazing time. So. Uh, yeah. Um, I think we're having, um, I'm looking at this piece that Lucy just shared in Connecticut evictions are surging and children often pay the price and people are having a hard time making rent. <sighs> a hard time. And, uh, you know, as people lost their jobs and trying to go back to work and 
they're already behind and trying to, you know, have some stability. And uh, and it's always a little challenging, uh, even when you throw the the holidays on top of it. Uh, <sighs> challenging, challenging. So let us uh, keep our hearts turned towards that are struggling in these moments because it's it's not easy. And I know what it's like to struggle. I'm, I'm no stranger to it. Uh, but these are very challenging times. And if you have you have young children and you're trying to make a way, and young or not, if you have children and you're trying to make a way, uh, it can be it can be quite uh, overwhelming. Um, not unlike that woman that made her way to a manger, pregnant, challenging. So, uh, World Cup finals at the Cannon. Um, Argentina and Croatia play today, and then Wednesday France and Morocco, and then whoever wins, they meet up for the World Cup finals on Sunday. So, if you've not watched any World Cup. This might be the, the next couple of days to do it. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going to find myself on Sunday watching the World Cup. I might be right here at my house because there's no place like home, be it ever so humble. There's no place like home. So so anyway, the World Cup semi, semi, semifinals with uh, DJ Shockey is today and tomorrow, one o'clock. So if you're if you're near Cannon, which is on the corner of Dwight and Chapel, and you want something to eat too, uh, two p.m. today, Argentina and Croatia. That that's gonna be a damn good game. And then Wednesday, two o'clock, France versus Morocco. My money is on Argentina and Morocco. That's where my money is. I want to see, I want to see them duke it out. Argentina and Morocco. And I need Morocco to win because the city will, the country will be on fire. They'll be celebratory. So by the time I get there, everybody will be in a good mood. <laughs> They'll be just, the party will still be going on. It'll be, it'll be World Cup fever everywhere. If they lose, not so much then they won't be in a good mood. So I need them to be in a good mood by the time I get over there. So I'm going for Morocco to beat France. I'm going for Argentina to beat Croatia. That's where I'm going on. So you see how I'm betting. I'm, I'm, I'm betting on black. That's it. I'm betting on black, baby. Roots, history, culture. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. I'm out here doing it. So so it might be crowded. I don't know if I can get over there. Because I, you know, I don't know how these. I don't know how these um these fans roll at one o'clock, two o'clock, right? Like 
anybody at work. I don't know. So I don't want to roll over there and I can't get in. It's so crowded. But I do want to see a little bit of it. I might have to just watch it in my office. I could watch it from my office, which is fine. Which would be absolutely fine. I can watch from my office, see how it goes. Watch from my office. And then, um, yay. And then Sunday, I'll just be at the house with snacks and, <laughs> and books and just... Just get it, get it, get into it, and then, uh, and then, uh, and then, World Cup fever will be over. Although somebody was like, "Baz, we have to go for 2026 or whatever." I was like, mm. "This it depends on where it is." I don't know where World Cup, the next World Cup is. Let me go look this up, and I can tell you. I think my friends know because the ones who were like, "Let's go next time." Uh, they were uh, so they must they must know they must know. Uh, yeah, next World Cup is going to be in North America. Oh, oh wait, the twenty sixth will be held across three countries in North America: the United States, Canada, and Mexico. Well, 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 well. I like that. Okay. So let me tell you where it's going to be. And we then we should all just go. Um, Maybe not. Okay. So the 22 World Cup. Oh, no. This is 22. The 20. Ah, these little pop-ups. Uh, the 2026 World Cup will take place in three North American countries. The United States, Mexico, and Canada. This will be the first time that the tournament is hosted by three different nations, and it will be the very first time that the event will be con contested in Canada. There will be a total of 16 venues used as host cities for the 2026 World Cup. And, you know, really, it's the Americas. When you have North America, South America, it's the Americas. The Americas. The U.S. will have 11, Canada will have two, and Mexico will have three. Oh, shoot. Atlanta at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Boston at the Gillette Stadium. Dallas at the AT&T Stadium. Houston at the NRG Stadium. Kansas City at the Arrowhead Stadium. Los Angeles at the SoFi Stadium. Miami at the Hard Rock Stadium. New York, New Jersey at the MetLife Stadium, Philadelphia at the Lincoln Financial Field, San Francisco at the Levi Stadium, and Seattle at the Lumen Field. So that's all of America. I can figure out where I want to go in America to see the games. Canada be Toronto at the BMO Field and Vancouver at the BC Place. All right, and then Mexico, Guadalajara at the Estadio Akron, Mexico City at the Estadio Azteca, and Monterey at the Estadio BBVA. Well, 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 well. I kind of like that. I kind of like that. I kind of like that. 
Oh, we'll see. Hmm. Okay, so now that makes it easier to think about where I want to go to see one of the games. It's going to be a madhouse wherever you go because soccer slash football fans are crazy. <laughs> and I mean that in the best possible way. Like, I don't mean it like psychopath crazy. I mean like crazy, like they are fan, fan, fans. So I got to pick a team. So um, I, I tell you, I like Senegal. I like Ghana. I like uh, Morocco. Uh, I think I watch Argentina. So I like, I like all the black teams with all the most black. I like the team that has the most black players. Listen, don't be mad at me. If we're going to pick a team, this is how I'm using. I'm using the scientific mes- method of race. <laughs> how many black people on your team? And by black people, I mean black, Caribbean, African, Latino. That's what I mean. Anything but white. <laughs> I'm going with that. That's my scientific my scientific analysis. I'm going, I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for everybody black. <laughs> so now I got to go look at these teams and like, they got black. Cause you know, some of these teams, like, you know, the Netherlands, like all these teams that are white countries, they got a lot of black players. So I got to really look and see what's happening. Cause I, I could say, oh, I want to go for the black team. And then I look up as the Netherlands. <laughs> Right? I look up, it's the Netherlands. Everybody on the team is black. It's like, wait, what is happening? <laughs> I don't think that's the case. I'm just saying that in soccer, like I, I could say, oh, I want all the black, I want to support all the black players. And then I look up and it's Italy. Like their whole team is black. Like what is happening? So, so now that means I have to look. I'm not saying Italy's team is all black. I'm just saying in soccer, that's how it can shake out. I could be cheering for, I could say I want to cheer for the black players and then they'd be all on, you know, team Netherlands, team Switzerland, team whatever, and don't got no, 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 none of them countries is black. So. Remind me if I sip my tea. It's so good. Hot though. Put it in a microwave on three. So it's like boiling. Anyway. So yeah. All right. So. I, the World Cup might be something I want to check out after I get back from Morocco. I wish I could go to Cuba. The, Interna- the International Festival of Arts and Ideas going to Cuba. I don't have four Gs to go to Cuba. I, and I, I wish I did because I would go and it would be such an amazing time. It would be such a... I, that's the thing about being... That's the thing about poverty. And this is this is about poverty for me. And yeah, it's about lights and water and all the things. But poverty is is ever reaching too uh, for working folks when there's things that you want to do and you cannot do them because you don't have any money. You know, that's just what it is. Just just know now, this is not a basic need of mine. No, it is, it is by far not uh by anybody's imagination a need to go to Cuba to participate in activities. No. What I'm saying is, is that uh I don't have the resources to do that. You know, once upon a time, I did have the resources. I could go anywhere I want in the world. But now I don't I don't live that way. I don't make that kind of money to sort of just pick up and go. And I dare say I'm not I, I'm not going to be making that kind of money, I don't think, unless, you know, some miracle of miracles happens, you know. And I'm one for miracles. <laughs> and I'm not suggesting I need miracles for money to do 
to to go to Cuba. That that's not the damn point, you know. Like I like a lot of people like to have a cash that I could do interesting and cool things with. And there's a lot of interesting and cool things that I would do if I had money. Not not just to benefit my pleasure. Mm, that's a very small part of it. Very small part of it. If I if I had all the kinds of money, I would be uh I'd be a I I I'm already a beginning philanthropist, but I'd be bigger on a on a different scale of philanthropy. Do you know what I mean? Um and and that's what I, I would spend my time, you know, just thinking about where could I make a difference in the lives of everyday ordinary people. That's that's what I would spend money on. You know, how do how do I make a difference? What what makes sense? You know, um, can I can I fund a drill team? Can I take care of a band here? Do you know what I mean? Like, can I expand access to art programming to kids and their families for free? Um, can I get um, uh, people my age into art programming so that they could create art at, you know, from 60 and beyond, right? Like retired people. Or, or can I bring arts to them? You know, credible, sanctioned art teachers to come and, and work on projects with um, seniors. I guess it's hard for me to say that because I'm I'm vastly approaching senior status, <laughs> And and I always think of seniors as other, <laughs> not me. Those those old people over there. <laughs> and now and now I'm old people. <laughs> I'm the old people I'm pointing at. <laughs> so every time I have to fix my mouth to say seniors or elderly, I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm team elderly too. I'm team seniors. No, not quite. I'm still. I'm 59. I'm. I'm still. But next year, I'm like. I'm squarely. I'm squarely going to be rooted in the senior world. I mean, I already could get an AARP card. I haven't gotten one because I just couldn't do it at 50. And I couldn't. And I know there's benefits attached. I know it is purely psychological. It is purely emotional. It has nothing to do with common sense or economic what uh, drivers. It is just my own foolishness about. Feel, holding on to this idea of youth, youth, which I am slowly letting go of. The bloom is off the rose. That's all I can say. So I do, I do some cooler stuff. There's some things that I want to do, um, and I'm trying to do them now with no money. So there you have it. <laughs> and I got two projects that I want to work on. Um, this this uh, in 2023 three actually three projects uh, my friend Andrew is, um, has has brought an idea to us around Fred Hampton and the celebration of his life um, there's a, a black men mentoring component that I want to work on and there's a, a, a creating libraries in Africa thing that I want to work on uh, and I've been back and forth with Lauren talking about these things. And, and it's been a joy to just sort of hash this out with her. Uh, it, it has just been an absolute joy. So I'm looking forward to launching launching those things. Um, and and continuing to do the salons at the bookstore where I'm in conversation with, with, with uh, uh, authors, which I love, in a room full of other people. It's my favorite thing. Uh, and I'm good at it. Like... You know, lots of people can talk, but I, I I am very thoughtful about listening. It's not so much about talking. It's about listening and giving people room to sort of, you know, expand 
their hearts and minds to an audience. I, I'm just a guide. I'm really, I'm not the, I'm the catalyst and the God. I'm not the, the, the focused. So that's all I'm saying. <laughs> oh, and, and then applying to divinity school and to law school somewhere and all the things. <laughs> it's all right. That's what life is full of things. And, you know, I can finish, by the time I finish all this, I'll be, what, 64? I mean, 64 is, hopefully, praise God, it's going to come and go whether I do nothing. Do you know? see what I'm saying? Like, if I sit and do nothing, 64 is going to come and go, whether I'm here or not. So whether I'm here, I get to celebrate 64. If I'm not here, people will be having remembrances on my birthday. I remember she would be 64 this year. I remember her, right? See what I'm saying? So time is going to flow and ebb no matter what you do. So you might as well just do good-ish. <laughs> you might as well just chase dreams. You might as well. I don't understand. I don't understand people who don't know what they want to do. I don't get it. I ne- All of my life, I've always known what I wanted to do. Not not like for the rest of my life, but in moments, like I knew I wanted to do this thing. I knew I wanted to do this thing. And when I'm in this thing, I wanted to do this thing. I didn't have one thing that I wanted to do forever and ever and ever. I never was that person. I always had, I want to do this. And so I would go chase that thing. I wanted to work in, in, in entertainment public relations. I went and did that thing. I wanted to run a newspaper. Guess what? I run a newspaper. I, I, I've done I, I've I've chased all the dreams that weren't permanent. And I think people have to realize you don't have to have something that you're like, oh, I'm going to make a decision about the rest of my life right now. No, you make a decision about your life in the moment that you're living the life. And then if you need to pivot or shift or just clean out, change directions, guess what, baby? You can do it. You can do it. And don't listen to people. Like, you listen to people who ain't moving nowhere, no kind of way. You are keeping counsel with people who don't dare to dream. How do you keep counsel with people who don't dare to dream? You know, who are stuck themselves. That's just, it's a waste of your time. It's a waste of their time. And it's a waste of the universe's opportunities for your life. That's all I'm saying. So, you know, jump out there. Now, listen. I never, I'm not going to dance with the New York Ballet Company. That's just, that is just never going to happen. But I could dance with the New York Ballet Company. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to be Misty Copeland, but I I could dance. I could take a class. I could do all the things. And that for me would be enough. You know, you see what I'm saying? Like, it's that kind of thinking, you know. I, I don't have it in me to train and, do all that i don't want to i don't first of all i don't want to do that so but i'm just saying whatever the dream is put some energy behind it and see how far you get sometimes chasing the dream is just as sweet as accomplishing the dream i think i think because sometimes the dream is just some nebulous thing out there and you're like oh yeah 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 but along the way you discover things about yourself. You discover things about the dream that maybe gives you pause. And you're like, oh, I thought that was a dream, but really it's not the dream. I didn't know what the dream was. So I, I, I struck out to hit that mark 
But really, along the way, I learned some things, and now the dream is this. And that, my friends, is how you live a life. That's how you do it. And it's all right to ebb and flow, to stop, to go backwards, to go left, to go right. As long as you are in your own purpose, not somebody else's purpose, but your own purpose. And I think that's how I try to govern this old life of mine. It's just sort of move how the the things that I found interest. And this is how I've got to do so many things in my life. Like so many things. (laughs) Now, for some people that might be like, oh, she just flip-flopped. Yeah, but there's some good ass flip flopping. How many people you know can say they stood in the Oval Office of the White House with the President of the United States? I did that. Talking about early childhood education, I did that. I did it. I ain't got pictures to show for it. <laughs> you know, how many people said, oh, they worked on films? I worked on a bunch of films. Losing Isaiah. I worked on, oh gosh. I've got IMB credits. Who has that? I do. (laughs) I do. (laughs) And there's receipts. You can look it up. You know, I've been quoted in the New York Times. I've had my picture in the New York Times (laughs) several times. (laughs) I've had my pictures in the New York Times and I've been quoted in the Times several times in my life. Like that, maybe that's not a big deal to some people, but it's a big damn deal to me. It's a big deal. I've done some amazing stuff. That's what I mean. If I die tomorrow, it'd be all right. And I don't have any money, so people would have to raise a GoFundMe because I I had planned on getting a life insurance policy, uh, uh, a good life insurance policy come January. Uh, And that's my plan. So I don't want to die before then. Like, gosh. I really don't. <laughs> I wanna, there's some other things I want to see play out. <laughs> I like to be around to see them play out. You know, I like to see my children get more secure in their lives. Uh, that's what I want to see. I want to live long enough to see them become the people who they're going to become. You know, they're all struggling right now. But, you know, struggle doesn't last always. And, you know, it's your 20s. You don't know damn thing in your 20s. It doesn't get sweet. Life doesn't really get sweet till your mid-30s. Your mid-30s, then you start thinking, oh, man, I, I want to do this thing. <laughs> your 20s, you're just like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Your brain isn't fully formed until you're like 26, 27. I mean, you just don't know. You're struggling. You're mad at everybody. You, you know, you're blaming people for your own happiness. That's the 20s. <laughs> And then you get a clue in your 30s and you start following the clues. And then you're like, ah. And then by the time you reach 40, you're like, oh, my gosh, I really have to step this up. And then when you get to 50, you're like, oh, it's done. I'm done. I get to do what I want to do. That's where I'm at. I'm I'm really doing all the things that I want to be doing. Seriously, there's no, I don't have any barriers. No, no barriers, no hindrances. I'm really kind of living the life of my dreams. Uh, I just wish I had a little bit more money. <laughs> my my brother Robert said he'd like to dance with the Rockettes. <laughs> you know, he's a fool. 
And you know what? My brother Robert has very little rhythm. <laughs> so, so him dancing with the Rockettes is really a dream. <laughs> and we used to tease him when he was little because he'd be all, he'd be on a, I don't want to say he doesn't have rhythm. Everybody has rhythm. He dances to a beat of a different drum. That's what I want to say. Everybody has rhythm of some sort. <laughs> he just hears music differently than, than other people. But him being with the Rockets, I could see it. I could see it. I could see it. I really could see it. You know, that's funny. That's funny. No, I don't I don't want to dance with the Rockets. I am not trying to get my legs up that high. Woo! Not with these new hips. Can't do it. Can't do it. So well, I'm about to jump off. I've got to um I gotta go work at the paper and then I'm gonna run over to the bookstore and study. And then I'm going to decide about where I want to go. I know I want to, I, I do want to catch some of the games. So I might make it to Canon. I'm definitely going to make it to uh, Cafe 9 this evening because I, I really would like to see this young man play and swing. And uh, and I don't have to stay till 10 o'clock. You know, I can get there at 7. He comes on and probably, I mean, they'll have music at 7. He'll probably come on at 8. And I'll stay for his first first hour, first part of the set. And then I'll bounce. And I could be home by like 9. I mean, come on, nine. <laughs> there was a time in my life where nine o'clock, I would just be trying to decide where I wanted to go. You know, I wouldn't arrive at nobody's club until 10, 11 o'clock at night. Not anymore. Nine o'clock, I'm home. <laughs> I want these people, now, now I want the early bird dinner. <laughs> happy hour, happy hour starts at four. <laughs> And that's fine. I don't want to be the old lady in nobody's club or in nobody's nobody's bar. I don't want to be the old lady. So I don't need that. I I leave these spaces to these young people and let them have at it. Because I've 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 spent enough time taking up the spaces, sitting in bars and places when I was a young woman. I don't have to do that now. I get in there, I could go to ordinary at four o'clock, they open at four, have a cocktail and be out. I could do that. So so anyway, that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> I'm I'm here for the early bird special. I'm here for the early happy hour. I'm here for the first set of a concert. <laughs> I, I'm here for it. And then I can go home. I can be home by nine o'clock and still feel like I got six hours of sleep, you know, six, seven hours of sleep. Uh, I'm I'm averaging about six hours of sleep a night anyway, so... Uh, so yes, yeah, so I could be home, meddle around a little bit, uh, mess around, watch a little TV, read a little something, something, write a little something, something, and still turn the lights out at midnight. So I'm on my way out. Thank you all for hanging out with me today. I'll be back tomorrow. And uh, thank you very much, Nora. <laughs> Bye now. Mm-hmm.